Hello and welcome to the HQ Movie Review Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Jack. And I'm back. Yeah. And I'm Brandon. There you go. It's it's really funny that Rachel gave the exact same intro <laughs> last episode. <laughs> That's great. You hope? Oh boy. Great minds. Well, this week we watched Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade. The third and final Indiana Jones movie. There are no uh, uh, more. Uh, nope. No more. Mm-hmm. It's all the ones. They only made three. Yeah. Totally. So, I've I've seen this movie a couple times before, before this particular viewing. You guys? I... Like, I remembered a lot of the movie, but I think I've only seen it once before this. I've never seen this movie before. In fact, the only thing I have seen of it is the famous clip of the guy aging in three seconds. Mm. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, this is this is the one I've seen the most of the franchise, so... It's, I was the most familiar with this one. This is not the one I've seen the most of the franchise. Which one was that? Which one do you think? Would it, would I be disappointed by the answer? I, I think you would. Okay, well, we're going to move on then. So, I mean, right right off the bat, I think this is, this is definitely my favorite of the movies. I think it has the most, I'm not going to say coherent plot, but it, it follows through the most, I think. It, it jumps around a lot less randomly, and it's a lot more, it's better paced. They, the first movie definitely has a lot of strength and it's it's why it launched a franchise the second movie was a weird turn but this one i think is really where they like stuck the landing yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was weird (laughs) yeah i would agree um the only part of the movie that i felt like seemed out of place was the whole fight on the tank like that was a very long scene and I feel like we didn't really get anything out of it. I mean, yeah, it was a long scene, but it's also one of the most like iconic action scenes or action set pieces, like in cinema history. I think it's it's not like super referenced often. I don't think, unless the references are pretty subtle or just something I haven't seen. But it's it's still it's extremely iconic, and it is quintessential Indiana Jones action. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I, on a similar line, I think I think one of the biggest weaknesses of this movie is that it was too long. It's like a two-hour-long movie that really should have been an hour and twenty minutes. I think an I think an hour and thirty would have, would have been would have been acceptable. We could yeah. have given that ten extra. Uh, minutes. Either yeah, either way, but two hours it's just it's a little too long. There's a lot of extra padding in there that really didn't need to be there. Yeah, that's fair. In in their defense, I will also say that this was supposed to be sent off of the series. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit indulgent. Yeah. I do feel like they did a, a much better job, like you said, of, of having a more cohesive plot, you know, and that it, it was a plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first one was a wild like mishmash of different things happening i'm not even really sure what was going on in the second one a lot of things a lot of things happened the yeah see the other two movies relied a bit more on like hand weaving and like oh well this thing happened to happen and the heroes are here for it and so now they're gonna 
go on with this and this one was much more character driven like there was still a couple instances of like ah fate intervened on the hero's behalf but it was much more like okay here's the situation indy has to think of a way out of it he has to figure out the clues solve the puzzles or punch really good <laughs> yeah like it, it did feel like it 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 was like you said more character driven like it it didn't feel as abstract uh of a plot like i could watch this movie and follow everything without having any issues it's like oh yeah well they mentioned this so now they're going here and they're doing this whereas the first two movies i really couldn't say that for certain no, that's fair. Now, I, I do question the introduction of Nazis into it again. Because that just seemed a little out there. Look, they're a classic villain. And you never have to worry about, like, whether or not your hero's on the right side. <sighs> yeah. Because, like, the fascists are always going to be wrong. It's, it's, it's an easy choice. Yeah, and I guess when it came out, it wasn't completely overplayed at the time. Also that. Yeah. So, that's not, that's, that's more a problem with uh, today era, and less so when the movie came out and was being produced. But building off of your comment about, like, I guess both are comments about, like, A, the amount of extra stuff in the movie, and mm -hmm. B how coherent everything was I, I the first thing i wanted to talk about was the indiana fake out with the opening oh yeah, yeah. Because, that was weird yeah the whole first like part of the story is this flashback adventure of him as like a boy scout where he comes across these grave robbers and he steals a thing from them does this whole daring escape gets traumatized by a vat of snakes mm -hmm. on a train and then in the end I guess the sheriff was dirty and it made him give the artifact back. But it does, I'm not going to say set up a lot of things about his character because it was a flashback and so it's really just... More of explanation. Yeah. I was going to say retconning, but that has like a really negative connotation. But it is retroactive continuity. Yeah, like for instance, did Harrison Ford have a scar on his chin the whole time? Uh, yeah. So they, they went and like explained his scar and... Like previously, no one really cared about the scar. Like it was, it's a yeah. cool, it's not a cool feature. It's just a feature of his face. But now there's an origin for that. He gets a whip for the first time as a kid. He picks up a whip and tries to use it, and he hits himself in the face. Which I mean, to be fair, whips are very hard to use. Yeah. But it explains like the whip. It explains the hat. It explains the fear of snakes. It explains. It's his first instance of it belongs in a museum. Mm. And then, this is. I don't know, if I wouldn't say subtle, but like the fact that the initial fake out is a guy who is dressed and acts almost exactly like Indy as an adult, but he's like a grave robber instead of an archaeologist, quote unquote, <laughs> I think is he, he lost this guy and the guy comes up to him afterward and says, you, you lost, but you don't have to be happy about it, which it's a weird thing to say out of context, but like it clearly that show of like hey good game kid really meant a lot to him because he patterned his like whole adult self after this man well like i feel like the reason indy held on to that so much was because of the later explained like 
not really having a father figure. Yeah. Which also, which actually is set up in that scene. Like, if it weren't for this, the part about him going home and trying to talk to his dad, that scene would have been more, that scene and the one following it would have been completely useless to this film. Like, they would have had no point, purpose, except for cool action scene. But the fact that he goes home and tries to tell his dad about this artifact that he took from these grave robbers and his dad completely ignores him and tells him like no no if you want to tell me something say it in latin or whatever because he's he wants him to practice latin while his dad's focusing on the grail quest and he just like all right well there's no point in talking to you i'm gonna go talk to the sheriff i guess and his dad never looks up he doesn't even have a face in that scene it it really kind of like it colors the whole movie about like their relationship from childhood his dad has always been archaeologist first father distant second at best i was gonna say not even second really yeah i'm sure there were some other things that came before that the dog (laughs) (laughs) so yeah real i'm not gonna say tight storytelling because there, there was two whole scenes that they used to set up that one thing really and besides that it was all just other stuff that's already been established about his character that we didn't really need origins on. Yeah. Because after that scene, it cuts to, like, the present times, and he's on a boat stealing that same thing back from, like, the boss of those guys he stole it from Way years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of which, that artifact, it was like this cross thing never came... It was never actually included to the plot, was it? Yeah, no, it wasn't at all. It was just set up. It was set up for that one scene, and then it sort of came back five minutes later when he gives it to... Uh, is that guy his boss? Who is that guy, actually? He has a museum. Does he just own... Is he just the guy who owns a museum? He had a museum. Did he, does he not... Does he no longer have it? He I died. mean, he no longer exists. N- no, 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 no. The guy who meets him at his classroom. Not, not the guy who gives him the Grail Quest job. Uh, no, the no. guy who like he gives the map to and he sends off and he's like yeah, he's got two days head start he speaks 12 I languages I thought you were talking about the guy Maurice. who stole it from Mor- Maurice? Maurice? I don't I think don't it was Maurice it was an M name oh that's awful we just watched this movie <laughs> we're looking at the credits like on screen right now we can't think of the guy's name I, I'm pretty sure it's Maurice I don't know but like the, the, the only important thing about that cross artifact is that as soon as he's done teaching what I assume is his first class back after going on that expedition, yeah. he gives the artifact to that guy. He says, hey, you can put this in your museum. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Steak dinner on me. And then it never shows up again. I assume it get, I assume it goes to his museum, but that's, that's all it was. It was set up for the... Indy's father doesn't pay attention to him plotline and then it introduced Marcus Marcus it introduced Marcus's character thank you yeah it just it it, it did annoy me in the movie going like alright cool this you know we're going for the holy grail and there's this crucifix thing and why is it not important what yeah. what why that's a little funny that like of all the Chekhov's guns in this movie, that wasn't one of them. Chekhov that, would be very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it did. It, it went off. It just didn't 
go off again later. Like there well, was clearly isn't the Chekhov's gun thing. Is that supposed to be in the by the third act or something? Well, yeah, by the third act. It doesn't mean like in the third act. It showed up in the first act. It went off in the first act. It the important thing go is that it goes, well, it went off as in he gave it to the guy who owns the museum, and that's the guy. The only reason that guy came to his classroom is because he recovered that artifact, and so it was Marcus's introduction. And so technically it went off, but clearly there was more story that was kind of connected to, you know, the idea of crucifixes and whatnot, and it didn't go off again later. See, I feel like the issue is if we call this a Chekhov's gun, then like any time there's a gun that immediately gets used, you can call it a Chekhov's gun. Mm -hmm. There needs to be enough time for you to forget about the gun. Well, see, that's a brick joke gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, I mean, in the Venn diagram, the brick jokes fall within Chekhov's, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess. It's just comedy. The important, See, the thing about Chekhov's gun is that it's a background item that you, you specifically place it in the background so that it will be used later. The whole point of the brick joke is to set up something and then use it later. It's the foreground. I don't know if that counts. Hmm. Can you set up a brick joke with a Chekhov's gun? You know what? Yeah, you can. That's yeah. No, that makes sense. It's just that the 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 media it's in has to be about something besides the brick joke. There's too many layers here. <laughs> too too many hats. Hat in the hat. Um, about his college, like as a professor, Indiana Jones is like the worst, the, right? The absolute really worst. worst. He's never there. He's constantly going on, like, uh, expeditions. He comes back to teach one class. He's not even back to take the homework that he gives them. Like, he he's like, I'll be in my office from this time to this time. He shows up, no. walks through a crowd of people, closes the door to his office, sits there for, like, two minutes, and then climbs out the window. And he never goes back. Yo. Nope. Just, just, just never goes back. And then... Not only that, but, like, what he was saying in his class wasn't even, yeah. like, it wasn't worth anything. And he's just like, archaeology is about facts. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was, that wasn't just, like, the first class he's taught in a while. That was supposed to be, like, the introductory class. Yeah, but, but that, the, the fact that, that he had... That was the point. That was where he was getting to at the end of class. That was, like, the last 30 seconds of class was... Archaeology is about facts. Yeah. Not which, truth. Which makes it wild that he has like term papers or whatever that he still hasn't graded. See this, you next week. <laughs> yeah. This man is an awful professor. If it his class would be empty if it wasn't for like the five guys in there who are actually interested in archaeology and the girls who are all just there because Harrison Ford is attractive. That's that's it. He really seems like the kind of professor who not only would just, like, not show up, but then when he does show up, he spends 99% of the class talking about tangent stuff that has nothing to do with the course, and then go, oh, well, we were supposed to cover all of this, so read it at home. Yeah. Also, he, like, I know that technically what he says is true, but based on what he does... He completely lies to these kids about what archaeology is. He's a yeah. total hypocrite. Like, yeah, no, there's no like expeditions every other week. 
uh, there's no X marks the spot. It's about uh, libraries, and I guess that part was also true. But like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, none of the stuff that I do for archaeology is archaeology. Do as I say, not as I do. I feel like that was thrown in for the archaeologists l- yeah. that are watching this movie, and like, this is nothing like ar- archaeology. Yeah, we don't go on expeditions. We don't run through temples and pick up artifacts. We go in the desert and we dig for a while and we find something. Yeah. We don't know what it is. It was part of a religious practice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That one's my favorite. So, yeah. I really like the X marks the spot one specifically because it's like he says this thing and it's like the one thing that he hasn't done before. And so, you know, he has to do it in like the next 10 minutes of the film. And then it happens twice. It happens twice. Wait, that was twice? The door that he has to knock down. Yeah. So when he goes to the library, he sees like the X on the floor and he can't yeah. really see it. So he goes up and he sees it from like up above and it's an X. And he's like, all right, cool. Right in the middle of this X is a hole we have to go through. And then they get into the catacombs and they wander around a bit. And they find that one wall that's been like cask of Amontillado'd up. Oh, And there's an that, X on the wall. That's right. That says, tackle here. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot there was an X on that. Yeah, because I, I completely forgot about that after the whole um, flammable water thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I'm still not really sure what was going on there. I think they said something in passing about the water, but like... I think it's supposed to be like those bubbles that we saw are like a gas leak from a pipe that's under there somewhere. Okay. Oh, that makes that makes more okay, sense. Okay, but All then right. that just means that they shouldn't have been able to survive down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, that room is full of flammable gas. Because there's no breathable air. Yeah. So, see, that's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense if the gas was just coming up and filling the room. Because, A, the, breathe, the breathable air thing. But also, they have, like, a lighter that they use that produces way more light than any Zippo lighter could ever do. (laughs) And they just have that, and it's not constantly exploiting the room. In fact, the... um, Then they make a torch. The cruciform sword guys, like, they light a a match in there, and it only ignites when they drop it into the water. So the water was the flammable thing. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, because also the torch. Like, he... He rips some guys, some like corpses femur off and wraps some cloth around it, dips it in the water and then lights it. So the water was what was flammable. But why? What was that water? And why didn't their torch light it on fire? Oh, yeah, that. Also, like, why could he stick his head under and open his eyes? What? (laughs) What was this? I just want to know. Like, I'm not ragging on it specifically just because, oh, well, that shouldn't exist. I just want to know what their idea of what this was. What was this supposed to be? Yeah. So. According to, like, IMDb under the goofs, because I assumed this would be in there. Oh, right? good. Um, they just call it petrol in the catacombs. So, supposedly, it's just gasoline. Why? Pools of gasoline that the rats are swimming in. That begs a lot. Where'd it come from? I have no idea. Why are the rats living in this gasoline? Well, I mean, they're rats. They'll live anywhere. There was no living humans to come in and like mess up their whole deal. So they were just like chilling. Also, you 
would get chemical burns like to a ridiculous degree you can't just put gasoline or petrol or anything like that on your skin yeah you definitely can't stick your head under it and open your eyes (laughs) absolutely not not only that but could you imagine the smell oh yeah like you've pumped gas and i know everyone has and you smell it and you're just like wow like that smells strong a lot of people like the smell i kind of do i just don't smell it as much I think I'm gonna cut you that part out. You don't okay. have gasoline. <laughs> no. Nope. Well, that's good. You shouldn't. You know, I've heard some people don't like that smell, though. Like I've heard a lot of people like it, but not everyone. I mean, it's like a it's like a funk, you know. It's. Not, I don't know how to explain it. It's not a pleasant smell, but it's not unpleasant. Yeah, that is a good way of putting it. Anyway. Anyway. Um. But yeah, could you imagine a room full of gasoline? And just how pungent that would smell. Like, your so, eyes would be yeah. watering. Yeah, my dad spilled gasoline in the trunk of my car once. <laughs> I can imagine it. Ooh. It's not pleasant. You don't really think about how much air circulates between, like, the trunk of your car and the cabin. <laughs> but it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I just I don't understand this whole catacomb of explosive gas. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, another part of this movie is that there's constantly this whole thing about, like, belief. It's, like, people who believe or don't believe in the Grail. And one of the things that comes up is that, like, there were, like, Indy's dad is worried that he doesn't believe. And I'm like, that it's it's not possible that he doesn't believe. He saw the Ark of the Covenant. Or he yeah. saw the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? He was there when it, like melted the faces of those earlier Yahtzees. Like, what? <laughs> How would he not believe? Did he not tell you about it? That'd be, like... I mean, if, he probably didn't. I mean, yeah, because he doesn't talk... He didn't talk to his dad for, like, years. I think he said 20 years. Yeah. But, like, it's still... It's actually a little bit funny to think about, like, in retrospect. He's... His dad has been on a quest for the Holy Grail for Indy's entire life. And he sees, like, not just proof that the Holy Grail is probably real, proof that, like, the Christian God is real and has feelings about who looks at the Covenant. And he's like, huh, interesting. I'm gonna put this in a box and never talk about it again to anyone, including my dad. Put that in the old mine safe. Yeah. I'll store it in a warehouse that we definitely won't come back to in a sequel that no one wants. Mm. (laughs) Ah, Mood killer. Good. Listen, I don't think that one was as bad as people say it is. It is dumb that in the end it's just aliens. Given that in the Indiana Jones universe we know that the Christian God exists. But... I don't think it's that bad. It, mm, yeah, no, it's it's more fun to like hate the movie than the movie is actually than uh, the movie actually deserves. It's like the prequels. I don't know. I think that that's a different thing. Like that's that's a whole that's because of like the Star Wars fandom in all of its generations is really bad at understanding that things that were for them when they were children are no longer for them because they're still for children. That's fair. 
That's what that is. Like, the prequels are, like, widely beloved now because all the people who the prequels were for when they came out are adults. And now everyone hates on the sequels. Yep. And in, like, ten years, all the kids who grew up with the sequels are gonna be like, yeah, those movies weren't actually that bad. And honestly, those movies had other problems. That was less so, like, uh, this is new and I don't like it, and more so, hey, we switched directors two times in the middle of this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, that was not great. And, like, I don't know if the directors don't like each other, but, like, it's it's wild to think that you're like, I'm gonna make a sequel to this movie, but also, like, fuck every mystery that movie set up, I'm doing my own thing. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> My man, this isn't just a standalone Star Wars property. This is a sequel. A direct sequel. Anyway, speaking of other movies that uh, Harrison Ford is in. Blade Indiana Runner. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. The new Blade Runner. Hmm. What was the year for that? 2049? 2077? 77? 2049 was Cyberpunk. That was Cyberpunk. <laughs> So, so Brandon, you brought this up, and it you you made a really good point. Indiana Jones just constantly has no chemistry romances. Oh, Josh was the oh, one that brought that. That yeah. was you. That was you, yeah, Josh. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's no. your point. It was good though. It was just it's it's so awkward. Yeah. Well, and they are just they are stealing that from James Bond. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah, like, they they set it up in the first movie, you know, and then they just decided to continue doing it in every single Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, but each time it gets worse. The yeah. first movie was at least like, oh no, they it's not that they don't have chemistry, they have history, and it ended poorly. Like, they're clearly both, like, really interested in, you know, doing this wild Tomb Raider version of archaeology that he does. Mm-hmm. It's just that he left her behind, and so she's upset about that, as someone would be. And then the other, the two romances in the next two movies are just like bad. It's like I hate you. Nom nom nom. Like literally. <laughs> nom nom nom. <laughs> I don't know what the onomatopoeia for that would be. Josh, that's really upsetting, my man. <laughs> like I'm. I'm just sad now. <laughs> I I will say, uh, I think it's good that in the fourth movie they just bring back Marion. Yeah, no, I I will give it that. It's it's nice that they're like, hey, this is the romance that worked the best for him, and also he's too old now to just hook him up with some random young woman and it'd yeah. be okay. But now he has a kid. Yeah. Josh, have you seen the no. fourth movie? No. <laughs> Josh, do you know who plays Indiana Jones's kid in the fourth movie? I do. I do know. Okay. All right. Okay. Take a wild guess as to what the character's name is. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I actually forgot what his name was. It's just Henry Jones the third. Was it? Yeah. Okay. He's wow. just Junior Junior. I I completely forgot. Stupid. <laughs> Listen, all I remember about that is the dumb scene where they throw, like, metallic dust in the warehouse to see where it goes. Yeah. 
and like the the Tarzan scene. What? Yeah, where he yeah. Swings with the monkeys. Scene where Shia LaBeouf is just swinging through the trees with monkeys. What? <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, and and of course the refrigerator scene, iconic, yeah. classic. How could we forget? Y'all are just saying stuff. <laughs> I know it's great. There's a scene where uh, Indy finds himself. So okay, it takes place in the Cold War, instead of. Nazi Germany Um, and somehow Indy ends up in like one of those fake towns they would use for nuke he's in Nuketown Nuketown. yeah he's in Nuketown he climbs into a fridge to stop himself from like dying from the nuke that goes off in the town because it's an old lead lined refrigerator yeah that there's actually like a myth or something about that yeah Yeah, the Mythbusters episode was about that yeah about that specifically well I meant like before, before the Mythbusters, before the movie, I think. Well, I mean, that's where the movie got it. Yeah. But the Mythbusters are specifically referencing the movie scene. Yeah. So it's also really funny because, died? like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it got launched, like, three miles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've not seen it. <laughs> no, yeah, the funny thing about that is, like, it's not just, like, oh, he climbs in the fridge and the bomb explodes and he just opens the fridge and gets out. The bomb explodes. The fridge flies up in the air and then we zoom out so we can see the explosion in the distance and the fridge lands like where the camera is so it's it has been flipping and tumbling through the air it flew a long way gotcha and then he just climbs out like perfectly fine okay i thought it was like hey the nuke went off like several miles away and he just got in there to like to stay no, the, good the, from the the nuke went off like over the house he was standing in <laughs> it's okay. a good it's a good scene. Great movie. You should watch it. Mm, you know, <laughs> I might have to pass. I know we said we weren't going to watch it for the podcast, but now I kind of want I, to. I think it would make a great podcast. I think episode. we had to have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Donovan being the twist villain is a horrible... It's, it's not a twist. It's not a twist. Yeah, it's not a twist. It's, it's supposed a twist. to be. A, listen, when the movie came out, it probably was a twist. But at this point, if someone stops and goes, hey, remember, don't trust anyone. What that <laughs> yeah. means is don't trust me. I'm going to betray you. Yeah. I think the, the bigger twist was Elsa being a Nazi. Yeah. The bigger twist <laughs> was Elsa sleeping with his dad. <laughs> Oh, I hated that so much. Oh, that's so weird and awkward, and I hate it. It was, but also the I was the next man. It was a really funny comeback. Yeah. It is. I just don't think. No, listen, that hear me out. Worth the setup. Don't don't think about the actual scenario. The actual like, the actual scenario about what happened between these three people. Awful disgusting. It's just the worst. Don't think about that, though. Just don't. <laughs> because then it's not funny. <laughs> if you just think of it as uh, these two guys, these two unrelated men, they both slept with the same woman, and she lied to both of them about, you know, not being a fascist. Yeah, see, that's, like, if it that's was a funny his, scenario. If, if it was, um, what's his name? Mark? Marcus. Marcus? If it was Marcus, totally funny. Totally hilarious. 
I don't I don't believe Marcus could pull like that, honestly. He couldn't, but I said if it happened, if it if it did, and it wasn't his father. You know, honestly, I feel like I'd feel bad for Marcus. Like Indiana Jones is like, all right, well maybe she like they they were seducing each other. Clearly, uh, yeah. Marcus is like, oh no, she took advantage of him. He's not. This this man is like. This is a word I don't think I've ever actually used, but he's like a fuddy-duddy, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that describes him perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Like, this this man is from Wallace and Gromit. I don't know what he's doing here in Indiana Jones. <laughs> he's like knockoff Mr. Bean. Uh, he's not that funny. <laughs> I said knockoff. Store brand. <laughs> He's great value. He's like this he's, is Sir Legum, Dollar General, <laughs> Mr. Bean, Dollar General. <laughs> Man, I, I at least gave him great value. <laughs> so I guess since he's European, it would be Pound Town, not Dollar General. You can't use the phrase Pound Town with him, please. <laughs> so, um. One thing I want to mention also that Josh brought up was the scene where the um, the butler that like greets them at the front of the castle says, "If you're a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse," and it was clearly like dubbed over. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that was not the original line. Oh, oh it wasn't. Okay. It, so, like, it, yeah. So it turns out that the original line was, "If you're a Scottish lord, then I am Jesse Owens." Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Josh, I have a feeling you don't know who Jesse Owens is. I don't. (laughs) Jesse Owens was the African-American track runner that beat all the Germans at the very first Olympics. Yeah, it's it's real awkward that, you know, (laughs) uh, this guy in particular would say that. That's mm, that's comfy. So they decided to change it to To Mickey Mouse. Mouse. Yeah. (laughs) Good. I just wish, you know, they had... They had uh, fixed that audio levels, you know? Yeah, it was real bad. <laughs> it's It reminded me of, like, the level of dubbing that they put on, like, curse words when you're watching movies on FX or something. <laughs> like, yeah. TV. Yeah. See, I was going to say, it was the level of dubbing that they did for the entire movie Birdemic. No, it wasn't quite that bad. That I mean, was just that one line. That was like <laughs> ear destroying. <laughs> It'd be like super quiet, and then the next person talking would be like so loud, the volume would be like past eleven. Yeah, that's not a movie you can watch with headphones. No, man, it's it's not really it's not really a movie you should just watch. That's also true. <laughs> Uh, it is really funny to make fun of, though. Yeah. So uh, another one of my favorite scenes is uh, the scene when they get on the dirigible. And clearly they're like, all right, we can just, we're, we're in the clear. We're heading home. Henry has the newspaper upside down that entire scene. <laughs> and it's never even really brought up. Like, it's, I misremembered that scene thinking that they, like, saw the upside down newspaper. I was like, ah, yeah, you're reading it upside down. Clearly you're not reading the newspaper. But no, like... The like Nazi guy just comes up and he's just checking everyone and he just it's like up oh, I found you <laughs> and then Indy who has talked to the guy taking tickets knocked him out taken his much too small jacket 
She comes up, punches him, tosses him out of the thing, and says, "No ticket." And it's <laughs> it's great. It's just solid comedy. It was so dry. <laughs> just punches him, throws him out the window. No ticket. And then everyone's just like, "Here's mine." It's good. It's real good. It's a good time. You mentioned the take the tank chase scene, and mm-hmm. you said it was like a little bit too long and a little bit extra. But I really, like, I I really like that scene. It's just, it's classic Indiana Jones action and like, it's a set piece. Stuff explodes that has no reason exploding. Like all of the chases in this movie are a little bit long, but all of them are good. Like there's no moments where I'm like, all right, well this can, I can wrap this up. You know, it's they're all entertaining like the whole way through i mean i feel like it was entertaining but eventually it got old right so like i was like "Mm, all right cool you've thrown like 18 people off this tank now um oh there's more people just jumped on the tank all right cool and now you're fighting inside the tank and you're fighting outside the tank and then you're fighting back inside the tank and then you shoot in the tank. The bullet ricochets, kills the driver, and then it's still going. And then you're still fighting. You're fighting outside the tank. You're fighting inside the tank. That's fair. There's a lot of fighting on and around this tank. Like, it was all good. Like, I, I agree that it was all, like, you know, it was very cinematic and very good. But it just... It's like too much of a good thing, right? You just there was just too much. That's right. I will, I'll counter with there are two things that I think justify the the whole scene. One, the comedic timing of like they think Indy's gone over the cliff. He climbs up behind them. He climbs up like on the side and stands behind them trying to figure out what they're staring at. That is almost perfect. That is almost a flawless comedic break I I'd, I'd agree with that I, I yeah. found that was very good yeah it was after the tank though well yeah but it, it immediately follows up the tank scene it, because the other thing is that like immediately after that they all start walking back to the horses like alright let's go and Indy has to sit down drenched in sweat because he just did that whole thing and it really kind of I don't know if I want to say justifies the length of that scene maybe it just kind of lampshades it but it's like yeah, that was a long scene. That was a long action sequence. He's tired. And these guys, who were mostly just kind of sitting still for, for like, the majority of it. I guess one of them was, like, riding a horse. But, like, for the most part, they didn't do most of, of the work in that scene. And they were just like, all right, let's go. What are you sitting down for? So those two, those two comedy beats, I think, definitely build off of the length of that scene. If not, justify it. Hmm. I feel like you could have you could you could have shortened it a little bit and still gotten those beats. I think maybe there was some editing they could have done. There were a lot of like shot reverse shots of like, all right, Indy's hanging off the side of the tank. Oh man, that like part of the rock where they're gonna scrape him off is coming up. He's still hanging on the side of the tank. Oh man, the rock's getting closer. Yeah, there's there was some stuff like that. that now that you you, sp- you reminded me of that scene. It was <laughs> it was so long and drawn out. That I thought that I had missed what the like the consequence was gonna be, like I was like, oh, he's gonna run him into the wall, and then after the third time they came back and he still hadn't been running the wall, I'm like, was that not 
what was gonna happen. Well, you know that was that was him being he was saved by the uh, bullet ricocheting because it shot. No, the I know, I know, but like, like at first I thought he he um the one guy yelled down to the drivers like, hey, scrape us against the wall, right? Yeah. I mean, it was in German, so I don't know what he was saying. He, he hand-motioned I, I assumed, that. like, hey, scrape him on the wall, right? That proceeded for, like, another two minutes of them riding next to the wall and not scraping against it until, at the very end, there was, like, a jut out in the wall that he was going to, like, get yeah. scraped against. Well, because that was what the guy saw to, like, say, hey, scrape him against this thing. I know, but, like, when, <laughs> when I was watching it, like, I assumed he was just like, oh, yeah, just run into the wall. Like, where you're at, just go straight into the wall. Not keep going another 300 yards. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Oh, it definitely would have. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying, like, when we're watching it, I was like, okay, he's telling him to scrape him against the wall. He hasn't done it yet. Why aren't they doing it? Was that not what he was telling? Oh, okay, now they're going to do it. <laughs> It went on so long that I just I started to to think that I didn't catch what the situation was. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, they could cut down on a lot of things like that. Also, Marcus really had to point out the whole pen is mightier than the sword moment, didn't he? Well, that was so yeah. dumb. That was characterization. That was like, hey, just in case you forgot, like you know how this guy is. Here's him in the middle of this dangerous situation making a joke. He's like, huh, do, do you get it? The pen and the sword. And, and like, Indy's dad is just like, yeah, yeah, man, whatever. We're we're in the middle of something right now. Yeah. And then they had the fake out where Indy's dad was going to grab the gun and shoot the guy. And then he just went, oh, no, I dropped it. <laughs> and then it fell to the floor. I was like... This guy was going to kill someone, and he just happened to be too clumsy to do so. I mean, there were, he was being fought at the time. I can, I can like, excuse that. Like, someone's oh. trying to kill you. Your hands aren't doing everything you want them to do. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not realistic. I'm just saying they had set it up like, you know, Indy's dad was like, no, he's not going to, he's the pacifist. He's, you know, that's not his style. He's not like an archaeologist like Indy, right? And so he's like, oh no, I don't I don't have gun and stuff like that. And then he he was in the situation where he was gonna need to use a gun and then he didn't. I mean I wouldn't say they set him up as a pacifist so much as they set him up as a normal person who does not see death on a daily basis. I, either way, I mean the point is that he didn't use guns. And that he was going to, but then he dropped it. Yeah. I will say he did absolutely knowingly cause a man's death later. Yeah. By yeah. intentionally startling those birds, <laughs> which caused the plane to explode. Yeah. But I mean, I think the whole thing was just like, it's, it's not that he wasn't like willing to kill someone if he had to. It's just like, Indy has been desensitized to it. Like, they were in the middle of a conversation, and he picks up a gun and, like, guns down, like, four dudes and just runs off. And his dad's like, hey, you just killed four men, and you didn't comment on it at all? Yeah, they were Nazis. 
I mean, yes, that's not the issue. <laughs> I guess that's where I was kind of getting the idea that he was a pacifist. Because he was like, you can't just kill people. Yeah, like, I, like it's not that, like, oh, killing is wrong. You should never, ever do it. I mean, that probably you shouldn't kill people. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> point being, he was more so, like, Hey, you're shrugging off, like, taking human life real easy. <laughs> and that's not generally what archaeology is. Not generally what humanity is. Also that. Don't kill people. I'm just gonna... For legal reasons. <laughs> for moral reasons. Also that, but, like... Look, listen. If someone listens to this podcast and then does a murder... Morally, I don't feel bad, but like legally, I might get in trouble. I just want to let you know, killing is bad. It's immoral, but also illegal. Don't do it for those two and probably several other reasons. Who's ready? (laughs) (laughs) For everyone's favorite game show. Guess the rating for the man that does the rating. Terrible. All right, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I'll give you points for that. Oh, you get a wait. I'm of... getting points. Get this a... is yeah. This is the metric you're scored on. <laughs> we have to guess the ratings. You have to come up with good titles. Okay. Okay. Now it's a game for everyone. So, I am gonna give you guys an option this time. I have two good ones and two bad ones, as in the <laughs> titles. Not like the rankings, the titles. Okay. Two, two titles that are good and two titles that are bad. Yes. Interesting. You guys can pick whether you want, like, when you want a good one or a bad one. Okay. So what's up first? Uh, we'll start with a good one. Yeah, sure. Let me pull up Google to simulate Heather being here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. All right, the first one. The indie trilogy ends strong. <laughs> it ends It strong. ends strong. Just out of curiosity, when was this review made? December 2014. Okay. Yep, that tracks. <laughs> when when did the fourth movie come out? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull came out in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, this person knows what's up. <laughs> this person's in denial. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say eight. I think they I think they give us a solid eight eight star review. I'm gonna say seven. Alright, Google said five. Okay. So the point goes to Josh. They gave this a seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, so they start off their review with just, like, a general synopsis of the movie. All right. That's Dr. Cool. Henry Jones goes missing and Nazis and, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they're talking about, like, the general consensus is that Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best one. And then Temple of Doom kind of disappointed, which is why they made a third one. Fair. Um, but they thought that the villains were, like, the nastiest of the Indiana Jones films, which, like, I don't know about that because, like... In the second one, they were kidnapping kids and forcing them into slavery. See, the problem is it's really hard to argue against this particular group being yeah. the nastiest villains. 
Yeah. I would say that we see the villains in the second movie yeah. do we things. S- we see them do some nasty stuff. This one, it's just like, yeah, you know who they are. You know what they do. Yeah. It's also the same villains as the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the same villains as the first Captain America movie. They're good villains. They're easy to hate. They're always wrong. <laughs> um, they talk about how it had a better plot and there was like a better weaving of the plot to get to right. where they need to be. Um, and they they say, uh, how can you ever get better than the Holy Grail as being like the ultimate thing that they're searching for? I mean, yeah, it, it does have thematic significance as the thing people search for. Yep. And then at the end, they say, uh, the original script called for the Fountain of Youth. Maybe someday we'll see that. Mm, maybe someday. What did they say the the fifth movie was supposed to be about? Um, I don't know. I feel I, I think that's where they announced. Are are they still doing was. it? I think I think they are still doing that. Oh God, we gotta check this. <laughs> All right, hold on. Because I know like Shia LaBeouf is like. What's the word I'm, I'm the word I'm thinking of is shadow band, but he's not like shadow band from Hollywood. Like blackballed. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mines, gutters. Okay, so Indiana Jones Five is coming out next year, but I don't think we know anything about it. Huh. Okay. So wild that they are still doing that. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Oh hey, Mads Mikkelsen's gonna be in it. I saw Antonio Banderas is going to be in it, too. Oh, he is. I did not recognize him from that photo. Jeez. That's wild. Anyway. Anyway, Josh has one point. Jack has no points. And Google has no points. Yay. Tragic. All right. Do we want a good one or a bad one? Let's do a bad one. Bad funny or bad bad? I didn't know there was another choice beyond bad. Bad bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Is what? that the whole title? It's Baton Rouge, comma, space, LA. Huh. Okay. Boy, howdy, that's... What? That is bad. I don't know what the fuck the context is for that. <laughs> what does that even mean? Did they go there on the, on the map? I don't uh, think so. Because they had to fly, like... South to some island before they when they were crossing the sea. Yeah, but that wouldn't have been Baton Rouge, Louisiana. No, but like before that, when they left, I don't know where they left the states from. I don't think he lives in Baton Rouge. No, but no. like there was a stop I somewhere. I can't even think of like a locale in this movie that would have even possibly been shot in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, <laughs> so, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh boy, I oh man, I. God, that really gives nothing. <laughs> what does right, that even so, mean? Uh, Google said six. Okay. I'm going to go gonna with... Say, what are you going to say? I, I'm going to go with four. I was going to go with five. Well, Google gets this one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was a six out of ten. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, cool. What's the explanation for that? There has to be something. There's not an explanation for it. This is just... That's why it was bad, bad. <laughs> Like, what's in the review? The Did review they... says, Great casting can't make up for a so-so storyline. 
Crusade has its moments and is certainly better than the grimly violent and sexist Temple of Doom. That's fair. But this entry in the series doesn't have the narrative drive and excitement of the first film. Okay. I just... I, I don't... I'm not going to be able to think about anything else. What did... Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Like, this is a puzzle. This is... <laughs> like, this is the kind of thing Indiana Jones would have to deal with. Like, alright, cool. What's the connection there? Did they, like, have to fill out their location when they were doing this review and just put it in... Did Autofill put it in the title? No. Like, that, that's all I can think about. Yeah, this is gonna haunt me. Like, forever. <laughs> forever. Alright, let's do Bad Funny. First, <laughs> Josh has one point. Yeah. Google has one point. Uh-huh. Jack has no points. True. <laughs> bad Funny... Bad funny. Bad funny. Doug funny. <laughs> I don't know what Doug funny means. Doug it's funny. The protagonist of a cartoon called Doug. Uh, called Doug. Okay, I've yeah. heard of Doug. I didn't know his last name was funny. Yeah. yeah. His last name was funny. Doug funny. Yeah. Patty mayonnaise. <laughs> Sorry, <Peter>. what? <laughs> what you didn't know? His the girl he has a crush on is named Patty mayonnaise. Patty mayonnaise sounds like a Peanuts character. True. And his best friend was named Skeeter, right? Yeah. His best friend was named Skeeter, and he had blue skin, even though he was clearly like a black kid. <laughs> Yikes. And then what was the bully's name? I want to say like Reggie or something. No, it wasn't Reggie. Hold on. I oh, know. He was green. Yeah, he was green. Fun. With orange hair. Maybe people it's just have orange hair. Yeah, but he was green. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's the key point. Yeah. Is he was green with orange hair. Maybe those are linked somehow. I don't know. Like, see, I only bring up the fact that like Skeeter is blue and that what, the bully kid was like green because like I'm Doug sorry. has like peach skin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Skeeter's first name is Mosquito. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, that's worse. That's so much worse. That's His so name bad. is Mosquito Skeeter Valentine. Valentine? Valentine. I don't know, but it doesn't Probably matter. Valentine. Mosquito Valentine. His <laughs> <laughs> nickname is Skeeter, which... Which makes sense as a nickname for Mosquito, I, I would, guess. Like, in the South, I would always call mosquitoes skeeters all the time yeah that's and that's a... why i always had a connection in my mind with skeeter from doug as a mosquito but i didn't realize his first name was just mosquito that's unfortunate also the the dinks yep uh see it's a joke because they're they're two people who are married without children so they're double income no kids yep dink hey um, That's also why the Dinklebergs are named that in Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, yep. See. And uh, so the bully's name is Roger. Roger. Roger M. Klotz. Yep, Roger Klotz. <laughs> okay. Show it some wild names. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. Anyway, the bad funny user review. <laughs> Do you remember the Beats? Beats? Yeah, it was the fake band in the show. Oh, wait, hold on. Gotta shout your lungs out. Oh, yeah. This is a joke about the Beatles. Yeah. That was obvious. Oh, my goodness. 
Did you not know? I got that instantly. No, I got it now. <laughs> I just said, I just, my mind is blown from 15 years ago. Uh, 20 years uh, ago. Good. Anyway, back to the show. I look, 10-year-old me didn't know what the Beatles were. That's wild, because I did. Yeah, I definitely did. Anyways, the bad funny user review. The Holy Grail. <laughs> See, hold on. Before you so go on, just, I just yes. want to point out that as a 10-year-old, I didn't have access to the internet. I didn't either. You didn't have you access didn't... to the internet as a 10-year-old? I mean, you were 10 at a different time than Josh was, so that's... Yeah. The, the, well, let's put it this way. The internet was, like, still doing the noises, Okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know, I know what the noises dial are. <laughs> Dial up. Stop calling it the noises. Look, I gotta put it in terms you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Grail. <laughs> but yeah, my parents. The Holy Grail. My parents were my sole source of like knowing what music was, and my parents didn't. Were like into eighties. They didn't like the Beatles. Okay. Okay. Well, come on. The Holy the Grail. Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the holy and the G-R-I-A-L. The holy grail. The right. holy grail. Google says five again. Okay. I mean, it said six last time. Yeah, but it said five the first time. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with lucky number seven again. All right. I was also thinking seven. <laughs> I mean, you can... You could still guess seven. Nothing against that. Hmm. It either puts Google in the lead, or you're one behind Josh. Four. <laughs> okay. So you have a four, a five, and a seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place. Who knows? Well, Josh gets this point. This was a ten out of ten. Huh. And they couldn't even spell Grail correctly. They were so excited about this movie. <laughs> the worst part, they did not spell Grail correctly at all throughout the entire user review. <laughs> oh, no. Where a, was spell check? Is it a Grail every time? A funny search of the Holy Grail, a movie you can see with all. What? Full of adventures. And not intriguing or maybe scary as the search of the Holy Grail <laughs> in Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Uh, mm, I, just, mm, I can't okay. help but imagine this being like said in a southern accent. The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. The performance of both Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, two of my favorite actors, is great. They act like real father and son. And that, I think, is a big part of the success of the film. I don't know. That was a I don't know about that bit. <laughs> One of the plot points of the movie was that they don't. They had a whole conversation about it. George Lucas and Spielberg are both geniuses, and I really want to know if they are directing the new movie of Indiana Jones announced for the next year. Okay, so this came out in 2007. No, it's 2005. What? Ooh. Oh. Oh, they were a bit off, huh? Even worse. I know it's fantasy, but I think everyone have the secret wish of finding a way to live forever or cure all diseases. 
So I'm beginning to think that this person just didn't really speak English. They just failed at grammar. I mean, like, it's 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 probably just not their first language. That's a possibility. Although, good for them. Steven Seborg did direct... Uh, uh, Steven oh, who? I was going to say episode four. <laughs> what? That was just a cluster okay. of a sentence right there. Well, I got halfway through, and I was like, oh, yeah, the fourth movie, episode four. Nope, nope, that's Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Crystal Skull. The fourth one. Yes. Steven Spielberg did, in fact, direct that one. So, hey, good for this person. They got their wish. Bad for everyone else. I mean, I don't think Steven Spielberg was the problem with that movie. No, it was the movie that was the problem for the movie. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I just know that it's not good, and I don't want to see it. Well, that's unfortunate. We're definitely watching it. Yeah, oh. we definitely should watch it. We have to. So two points, Josh. No points, Jack. One point, Google. I like to think Google and I are on a team. <laughs> we're sharing it. We're pooling our points. Our point. Our point. <laughs> our final user review. Worst Raider sequel so far. Ooh, Google good. says nine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to go with one. I'm going to say three. Jack, you got it. It's a three out of ten. Wow. Hey. The addition of Sean Connery was presumably intended to add depth to Indy's character. It really just led to tedious, humorous interplay between the two generally dragging the plot to a thudding stop. A, th a thudding stop? A thudding stop. All right, not normally a word associated with stops, but I'll take it. This, plus Allison Duty, easily the least distinguished leading lady of the series, and an incoherent plot that veers all over Europe and the Middle East with the dramatic gain leaves a forgettable film. I feel like they haven't seen the other two movies. What do you mean veering all over Europe and the Middle East? That's what they do. It's <laughs> exactly what they do in all of the Indiana Jones movies. No, that is, is absolutely what they, they have, do. They have a whole like map sequence dedicated to veering all over Europe and the Middle East. That's like their thing. That's the easiest Indiana Jones reference anyone can make. That and the hat. Yeah, the hat-whip combo. Chip from Chippendale. <laughs> okay. His, out his outfit's based on Indiana Jones. Yeah. What? I didn't know. Okay, alright. <laughs> Raiders evokes images of 1930s and 40s era adventure films, only with better production values. That's debatable. <laughs> Temple of Doom is like a carnival ride, even to the point of including a runaway mine train. Last Crusade? Ultimately forgettable. What carnival has a runaway mine train? <laughs> I mean, like... Like roller coasters are just kind of... Fancy mine trains. <laughs> Can that be the title? <laughs> it would have been a good title for the last Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late to change it. <laughs> oh, 
But then Josh wins at the end of the day. Yay. Except we're still going to do well, the tiebreaker. If you, if like you we pull their do. points together like Jack was claiming, it will be a tie. <laughs> yeah, then we have two. Even a better use for this tiebreaker. Overall IMDb score out of 10 to the first decimal place. Are, are you combining your knowledge with Google? Well, no, because Google always gets their own vote. So, uh, I'm going to have to re-roll that, because the first one came out as 10.4. That's not going to work. <laughs> there we go. Google says 7.8. Okay. Uh, I... Uh, say 7.6. I was going to say 8.5. I think it has a bit higher of an overall review score than, than that. Jack was the closest. It's an 8.2. Hey. Ah. I've won in some manner. Mm. Yeah. The uh, lowest, the demographic that has rated this movie the lowest only rated it at a 7.8 on average. Oh. And that's uh, females below 18. I mean, if we have to go by what demographics think of people, that makes sense. Still a 7.8, though. Hmm. There are, all, there are also only 54 ratings from females under 18. Hmm. That probably I doesn't mean, help. It, it, yeah. But that's the game show. Yeah. Tune in next time. Yep, if, if Brandon's on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, this is a Brandon-centric... Uh, bit oh it is can't do it can't it's, do it's it weird without. without it's weird without you we didn't do it last time i didn't expect you to so you guys ever wonder how like all of these ancient temples have working traps like actively like i know this one was kind of magic but like the whole spinning blades thing was like it was, it was really weird yeah. it was a weird and two and two <laughs> pretty advanced <laughs> A and two. We're just gonna keep moving. Yeah, I mean, in this movie, it's just explained away by like the magic of Jesus Christ. But well, they were gears that he stopped. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also like ghostly wind happened before it like went off. So that's also true. They were fans powered by the gears of Christ. That's a, in fact. <laughs> Specifically that one? No, there's a better way to say this, Josh. It was just the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you don't have to. Good. Specifically that trap, though. I do have, like, some issues with it. Because the whole yeah. thing was like, ah, uh, yes, the penitent man. The penitent man will bow before God. And then also do, like, a tech roll, like, yeah. immediately after. <laughs> yeah, because not only that, but there was a blade coming up from the floor for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. That was rude. Like, what if he did bow? He, what if he just bowed in place? N nah, it's not good enough. Penitent man, penitent man bows. Blade comes up and chops his head off anyway. <laughs> I mean, if he were standing on his feet and bowing he probably would have missed both of them but he decided to kneel down because that's what you do when you're praying yeah and then maybe the one just like comes up in front of him well i mean if it was like the bow that you do in like japan when you're meeting someone and you're bowing like at the waist 
Yeah. Yeah. But like, as as far as I'm aware, the like bowing in Christianity is like kneeling. But also, if the blades only came out there, you could have just walked forward and been fine, right? Well, Were there other blades? The one sword that not sword the saw that came from the ceiling was like coming down at an angle well that one came from the wall yeah it comes it across to get your head off so like there's one that like pops out and like chops your head off but only like right there like because if it's coming down the hallway at you you could see it that was just like ah there's wind and once the wind gets here that's the timing that we have for the saw to pop out and chop your head off because you didn't bow before the breath of god and then of course the other one from the floor which is you know, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I guess. But, like, if you saw the breath coming and you just walked forward before it got to the back of the cave, the saws would just pop out behind you, right? Uh, like, it, I feel like I'm missing... I feel like I have to be missing something, because otherwise... I think maybe the one that was in the wall, like, came out and then forward a little bit. But... Maybe. But even then, like, if you would just, like... You get to the cave. I just also realized what triggers this. There's no like pressure plate there. You the get... Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, you get there and it's like, oh, someone's here. Start the trap. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like if you if you got there and you like didn't know there was a test, you're just like, no, the hallway full of cobwebs. That's weird. And you just walked through without waiting. You'd be halfway down the hallway and the breath would pass you, and you're like, huh, okay. And then saws would pop out down at the other end, and it'd be gone already. Yeah. Like, if you just sprinted through this. Yeah. You could... I don't think you could sprint through the second part as easily, because it's just, like, a thin rock, and some of them are magically stronger. I just assumed that there was some, like, support underneath. You know, I thought that, too. But we see that shot of, like, Indy steps through the first one because he miss he like forgets to use the Latin alphabet and he like messes up on the first step. Yeah. We see a shot of under them and it's nothing there. It's just a big chasm. Mm. There's nothing holding these up. So that's that's more magic, I guess. I guess. Because also someone has to rebuild like someone definitely failed at those steps before, right? There's no way every single per- like someone like documented what this hint was and then no one got to this point maybe well the um the three brothers were the ones like i guess that perpetuated the story or the two that left yeah and so they were the ones that said all this so they were the ones that probably told someone but no one had gotten like that far yet because it's not like we see human skulls there were no bodies yeah okay that's fair because i was gonna say like it's this is a one-use test. The second, like, obviously, if someone messes up the first one and then gets through on the rest like Indy did, there, there's just one hole. But, like, over time, people messing up this test, you would only have the working, like, uh, spots left unless there was a mechanism to replace them. Yeah. Which I guess we're all, we're, we could probably also chalk up to, you know, god magic. It's also worth noting, Indy doesn't tell Donovan and Elsa what to do on that one. Yeah, no, and he doesn't really say it loud enough for them to have heard him, because they haven't walked through the hallway yet. And we know that, like, 
his dad isn't saying it loud enough because he's muttering and like dying on the ground. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know how they got through this part. My best guess is that after he stopped the saws in the hallway, they were just like, all right, we're going to come through. We're going to send a bunch of our henchmen first. And as soon as one of them gets across, we'll follow them and then tell that guy to wait. You're telling me they squid games it. Yeah, they squid gamed it. <laughs> Fair enough. My thing is that I don't understand how the last trial is a thing at all. No, that was cheating. That yeah. was that was absolutely cheating. Cause I would I understand if like we saw from Indy's point of view and it's like, alright, well I don't see anything there. But then the camera also flips around to the other side of the cavern and there's just nothing there. And then we see it from the side and there's nothing there. Like, the whole thing was like, oh, it was just painted to look like the rocks on the other side. It's a leap of faith, Miles. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, y'all seen the 3D art, right? Where, like, it looks three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But that only works from a very specific point of view. And if you're off even, like, a couple inches, it doesn't look right anymore. Yeah. So, like, him walking up to this... If he just walked up perfectly and saw it, like, he might have been confused. But then the second he leaned over to, like, look and see if there was anything else, he absolutely would have seen the difference. Yeah. yeah. It would have looked funky. Yeah. And I will say, a good in-universe, like, pass they had for that was that it's like, oh, no. The, the like, hallway leading up to it, it's really narrow. You have to, like, squeeze in. So it's, it is narrowing your ability to, like off to the left a bit but it's it's definitely not narrow enough to not like let you move your head like yeah it, he very clearly should have been able to like look at it and be like oh no this is that's that's just painted but even then it was still like the camera the camera cheated us yeah because yeah. it showed us all of those different angles where there definitely wasn't a bridge and then the second he stepped on it and the like camera shifted. It's like, oh, there's a bridge. It's like, no, this isn't. This isn't. Now you see me. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, it literally you was showed like, us there wasn't a bridge. Like you, you, it, it like did this like panoramic shot of the whole bridge, and it's like, oh, you can see it now. It's like, hold on, this was the same angle you shot like 30 seconds ago, mm-hmm. and there was nothing here. <laughs> yeah. It's also wild that he like threw the dirt or the gravel back on it so they could follow him like that wasn't your goal was just to get the cup and then go back out to heal your dad you didn't have to bring them in there with you I mean he probably assumed they were following him yeah but but even then why go through the effort of like making it easy for them to pass See, I assumed that it was so that he could get back, but he didn't have to do that immediately. He could have waited until he got it and then put the things on it so that he could, like... Well, I imagine once he had the grail, he wanted to run back to his dying father. I guess. Even that, it's Yeah, but if he, takes the, t- if he takes the time to throw the rocks now versus take the time to throw the rocks later, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter either way. It's a straight line from the door he walks out of to the other side. Yeah, but and the illusion having... only works one way. Yeah, if he's standing true. on the other side, the illusion doesn't work. There was no point to that. Yeah. It's, it's literally just so we could get the scene where the two make it into the room 
and choose poorly. <laughs> yep. We get the rapid aging. Mm, that was an effect. Yep. Listen, for the time. I'm sure. The time is pretty good. I'm sure. One of the quote unquote goofs on IMDb that I read was that uh, from the back we see like his hair grow out like as it would very quickly over time. Yeah. And that he should have had facial hair when we went to the front to see him. I'm like, okay. I mean, look, some people just don't grow facial hair. That's such a nitpicky thing. Yeah, why weren't his nails super long, too? Like, Yeah. Okay. I also... There was, like, the one prophecy for that, like, night that, like, oh, whoever came was going to battle him and strike him down and then guard the temple. <laughs> yeah. And that just doesn't happen. Yeah. In I, fact, <laughs> that guy just stands there. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'm done. I mean, I don't think that was as much of a prophecy as a, as a like, he, him and his two brothers like, all right, cool. So you guys are going to, you know, we've been here for like a thousand years or whatever, a hundred years, however long we were here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they say it was like 112 or something. So I guess not a hundred years, but it's like, Hey, we've been here a long time. You guys are going to go out. I'm going to stay. Cause I'm the most responsible. You two go back, send someone else to come take the job. Like, yeah. when you get back. And they just, like, never did. Like, one of them died on the way. The other one told a monk, like a friar, and then died. And the friar was like, huh, that's really interesting. Oh, well. <laughs> and so he was stuck. I think my last my last question, my last point's really just, like, the question. Where did all those other cups come from? Yeah. Like, do they just go get those? Like, oh, we have a... Like, because those are magic. Like, it wasn't just like, a, oh, hey, we have some fake cups to test, like, whoever comes here. It's like, no, these these cups will kill you if you drink from them. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, like, well, all right, here's the other thing is, did they build this temple thing? Who built this? Was yeah, that the three brothers? It has statues of them in it. Like, I guess whoever built the temple thing would have had to supply the cursed grails. It could have been the... Like that society that was like, oh, we have to protect the secret of the Grail. Oh yeah, the uh, cruciform sword. Yeah, is. they they probably set up the whole. That's true, because they thing, because they were because they were the protectors of the location. They're like, oh, you guys are getting too close. What what are you what are you searching for it for? So I guess it's possible. Like they had the whole thing. They set up everything, because it was the same symbol as was on the shields. So like. Yeah. Clearly, they have some connection to those knights. And they were just like, all right, well, we built you this whole temple. Bye. <laughs> Protect it. Man, it must have sucked because he know he couldn't eat. Yeah. he. There was drink. no food in there. The only thing he had to drink was that wa- was yep. that water, which I assume is magical and refills. So it's like, all right, cool. You can drink this water. It will keep you alive. Uh, there's no food. There's one book. That's it. Man, that is the worst existence. For a thousand years. Yeah, I fully understand how he, he, the first person he saw is like, ah, you're here to kill me. Good. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Here's my sword. Uh, how do you want to do this? Like, it's 
<laughs> Matt Mercy. How do you want to do this? So, final thoughts. Thought it was good movie. Um, honestly, I don't know which one would be my favorite. The first or the third? Not but the second, it's though? not the second. I, I would say the first one is my favorite. Okay. I, I like the first one, but I, I like the fact that the third one has a decent plot. Yeah. Uh, like a coherent plot. Hmm. I, I appreciate that a lot. Like I said, I think the first one would be my favorite, but I think this is second. And then the second one is the third. And I will say Crystal Skull is the worst of the four. Well, but I still think Crystal Skull isn't that bad. That's fair. Uh, Yeah, no, this is, this is definitely my favorite of the current Indiana Jones movies. Uh, this was actually the first one I saw. <laughs> okay. So for a while, I thought this was the first movie. Oh, good. Interesting. I was a little confused like I can when imagine. I saw the first one later. But, like, also, this one has, like, his backstory in it. So it, it, it would have made sense, I think. Yeah. Timeline-wise, it doesn't work out. But then no. again, the second one is a prequel, and they just don't tell you that. So who knows? Fair. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is – it's a it's a good – like I said, it's a good movie. It's got good uh, – pacing i think some of the scenes are a little bit long but otherwise it's a classic it's a good end to the trilogy <laughs> yes and that's a good end to this podcast i am josh I'm you gotta plug the socials my guy uh, <sighs> i know but like his segue was so like i don't want to say good but <laughs> <laughs> so what what it happened can, what you can do it's just cut after he says, and that's a good way to end the podcast, and then go into all the socials. I mean, I can, but this is pretty funny. I might leave it. <laughs> all right, I'll do the socials. So you can catch us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, <laughs> Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. Where you're, wherever you're listening now, listen to that some more. I'm Josh. I'm Jack. And I'm Brandon. Good night, everybody. Uh... in a museum.